Yo, today's QOD is you have to feel it rather than think it. Here we go. Welcome back to the Quote of the Day show. I'm your host, Sean Croxton of SeanCroxton.com. We've got Dr. Sri Kumar Rao back on the show. And today's clip is a little bit different than our normal Motivation Monday kind of clip. I wanted to start off the week with some wisdom. Because Monday, of all days of the week, can be the most stressful you know, we're sitting in traffic. We got all kinds of emails to return. We got a lot of stuff going on. So what Dr. Rao is going to show you is how to better manage your stress by changing your mental chatter, by changing what you're paying attention to and what you're giving your energy to and reshaping your mental model of the world. Here's Dr. Rao. So given the truth that you never have control, you never had it, how can you eliminate stress and cultivate resilience? Well, I want to share some concepts with you. Concept number one is mental chatter, which is the internal monologue that you have going on in your head all the time. It begins when you get up in the morning, is with you right through the day, is with you now, when you should be listening to my chatter instead of yours. <laughs> but in the short time I've been speaking, how many of you have already gone someplace else? What am I going to have for lunch? Who do I have to call? Right? I rest my case. Mental chatter has always been with you. It's like an unwelcome relative who's shown up in your house and you can't throw him out. <laughs> so you live your life as best you can despite your mental chatter. You ignore him, suppress him, work around him. Big mistake. And the reason it's a mistake is because you don't live a real life, you live an artificial life. And this artificial life is constructed with your mental chatter. Now, I want you to think about something. Any situation which is of concern to you right now, let's say you got fired or you don't have a job and you're looking for a job, your mental chatter makes it an order of magnitude or two orders of magnitude worse than it is. You lost your job. Oh my God, I don't have a job. What are people going to say? Will I ever get a job? I want to be financially independent. I'll have to move in with my parents. This is absolutely terrible. I don't want to move in with my parents. <laughs> All of that is mental chatter, and I invite you to think of it. Whatever situation you are in, your mental chatter about that situation makes it an order of magnitude worse. Then we have mental models, and a mental model is a notion you have that this is the way the world works. But this is not the way the world works, it's your model of this is the way the world works. And the more you believe in your model of this is the way the world works, the more evidence you seem to get that this in fact is the way the world works. And very soon you built a silo around yourself that's so thick you can't break out of it. Your mental chatter, the mental chatter that you entertain and the mental models that you hold dictate your life. You're all living in a matrix. 
If any of you have seen the movie, the original Matrix, we're all living in a Matrix. The only difference is this was not constructed by an alien civilization out to get you. You constructed it with your mental models and your mental chatter. Now, I'm going to illustrate this with an ex exercise. So I don't want you to just listen to me. I want you to put yourself in a situation that I'm going to outline. You're going towards an important appointment. You have an important appointment, and you're going there. You're driving. You are stuck in a traffic jam, not a run-of-the-mill traffic jam, but a massive traffic jam. It's a really, really hot day, and your air conditioning has broken down. Got that? Put yourself in the situation. Going to an important appointment, running late, stuck in a traffic jam, really hot day, no air conditioning. And all of a sudden, somebody cuts in in front of you and almost causes an accident. What are your feelings towards the driver of that car? Would it be fair to say that loving kindness is not it? <laughs> you know, road rage was invented in California, but it traveled the world. <laughs> All right. So now I'm going to share some information with you. This guy who cut you off so rudely was given some very disquieting information. His son had been involved in a serious accident, has to be operated on immediately, and is desperately trying to get to the hospital, and has no knowledge of whether or not he'll ever see his son alive again. So when I share that information with you, can you physically, palpably feel the rage, frustration drain out of you to be replaced with compassion for a fellow human being? Yes. Yeah. But the point is, you don't really know whether the guy who cut you off was an inconsiderate jerk or a distraught father, right? <laughs> so here's what you're going to do. Now that I've raised the possibility, you're going to hire a private investigator to look into the matter and report back to you. <laughs> you laugh at me. I'm giving you a perfectly practical solution. <laughs> and if the private investigator reports back to you that the guy was an inconsiderate jerk, you'll be really pissed off. But if the private investigator reports back to you that the guy was a distraught father, you will feel great compassion. But until such time as you know for sure, you're going to remain neutral. Right? I see a number of heads shaking. I don't believe any of you are going to hire a private investigator to look into the matter. But if you don't do something like that, you'll never know whether or not the guy who cut you off was an inconsiderate jerk or a distraught father. But the more important point is it really doesn't matter. You have the choice of determining what is the emotional domain you occupy. In all likelihood, you did not even recognize that you had a choice and you exercised that choice. But now that I'm pointing it out to you explicitly, do you recognize that? You had a choice and you chose to exercise that choice and you never even recognized that you actually exercised a choice. The reason you exercise the choice you did is because of the mental chatter you entertain and the mental models you hold. That's how important these constructs are. I will go further. Every time you have a situation in your life that you find unpleasant and it persists, not some of the time, not most of the time, every time, you have a situation in your life, you find it unpleasant and it persists, you are using one or more mental models that are not serving you well. 
And when you start making changes in those mental models, you'll be astonished how quickly the situation will resolve itself. Neil spent a lot of time talking about this, and I can only applaud that. We spend too much of our emotional energy on the two, three, or four things that we think are wrong in our lives. And we entirely ignore the 30, 40, 50, 200 things which are pretty darn good in our lives. Everybody in this room is incredibly privileged. And when I point it out, you do recognize that. You don't have to bother about whether you're going to have lunch today. You don't have to bother about whether you have a roof over your head or a bed to sleep in. So when I point that out, you say, yes, yes, and you do recognize that you are incredibly privileged. The problem is you don't feel that you are incredibly privileged. You feel that you are put upon. <laughs> Flip this around. Consciously, and do this preferably you know, just before you go to bed, think about the many things in your life that are actually pretty darn good. And I've got to tell you that if you're a type A person who lives in your head, and I'm sure this room is full of type A people who live in their heads, <laughs> you have a tendency to think gratitude rather than feel gratitude. <laughs> so you can't go, good health, check, bed to sleep in, check, roof overhead, check. It doesn't work that way. You have to feel it rather than think it. So if you're a type A person who lives in your head, then it'll take some doing before you get to the point where you actually feel the gratitude rather than think the gratitude. Persist until that happens. And when you get up in the morning, don't go immediately to the space of, oh my god, there's too much to do and I don't have enough time to do it all. Go instead back to that space of appreciation, gratitude. And eventually, you want to get to the point where your default emotional domain is appreciation and gratitude. Now, let me give you a little bit advanced version of the same exercise. We begin by being grateful for the many good things that we have in our life. But do recognize that whatever you are grateful for, can go away. You're grateful for good health, you get hit by a truck, and you're a quadriplegic. Eventually, I would like you to be in a place where you're not grateful for something, you are just grateful, period. And that is when you find that your life truly has been transformed. All right, great way to start the week with Dr. Srikumar Rao. His website is theraoinstitute.com. If you want to watch that entire talk, it is on the YouTube. It's called How to Eliminate Stress and Anxiety Forever. That is it for me. Hope you have a lovely Monday, and I will see you tomorrow. I'm out. Peace.